Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I just want to make sure I got this right. Today is Friday, yes? It is. Ah, sweet. Midnight to midnight. 6.07 on Friday morning. Rick Worthington in one more day for Mike Casper, who has promised us all that he will be back on Monday to take over again. Mm-hmm. Good for us. Good for you. Especially uh, good for you, I would probably imagine. Uh, but nevertheless, I am Rick Worthington filling in for Mike Casper, along with Chris Walton over here and Nathaniel behind the board. And uh, still war going on uh, between Russia and Ukraine, at least at present. But don't let that dampen your day. It's going to be 75, by gosh. I mean, you know, you can still be mindful of the problems going on. In that, I would say, in that yeah, part of being the world. mindful, that's a but good call. don't forget to take a few minutes and enjoy the temperatures in the 70s. I will take at least a couple of minutes to enjoy uh, the nice weather that we've been having over the last couple of days. I went uh, with my good friend, Chef Wally, yesterday, out to the sticks to do a little target shooting yesterday. Hmm. Sounds like fun. What did, you, what did you use? I shoot a forty-five, cool. and I have. Uh, Thank you for just not saying a gun. <laughs> I have a weapon, so I, I shoot a forty-five. I also have a, uh, a with with his help. I have a twenty-two uh, rifle mm-hmm. that uh, we outfitted a little bit. It's pretty nice. Use it to target shoot and plink around some cans and things like that. Uh, had a new scope put on yesterday, dialed that puppy in. So nice and accurate. When my, uh, father passed away, I went from having no guns to 12. Oh, you inherited all of his that is correct. guns and, and a decent collection, including some, you know, fairly, fairly old ones. Nice. And my joke is, uh, they're not at my house though. I keep them at the armory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the one thing that I did invest in when I, uh, took my grandfather's, uh, armaments as well. Mm-hmm. He had several. Uh, and my dad's, as I invested in a gun safe. So I have kids. I don't want them getting around to the guns. Yeah, well, that seems responsible. I'll put them all in there, lock them up, take the key and put somewhere secure so they're not going to get at it. And I'm the only one that knows where it is. You know? Yeah. That doesn't help when somebody breaks in and nobody else knows where the key is but you know hopefully the locks From, on the doors will be fairly effective pe- people i've known whose houses have been burglarized one of the first things they always say is they took all my guns really yeah yeah i didn't know that i don't know a lot about burglary thankfully uh yeah. in any case well, you I, don't the, you the, don't really want to be an expert on burglary this is true the point i was trying to make is it was really nice outside yesterday I was out there in short sleeves having a little fun enjoying some sun and Day before that, went out to Settlers Park, which was crowded, mm-hmm. like it was the first day we'd seen in the 70s all year, which it was. <laughs> yeah, it was nice, and it has been nice, and it will be nice this weekend. We're going to remain in the mid-70s through Sunday, partly cloudy, and then temperatures next week going to fall off a little bit. Uh, we're sure that it will warm back up again, but just in time for you know, little league opening right. ceremonies and so forth. It'll cool down <laughs> just in time. Uh, this much we know. Cause if you're going to have somebody playing baseball or softball, by God, parents, you got to freeze it out with the rest of us. Yeah. We've all done it. Our daughter played like five years of softball, including in high school. And 
and we just you know took our portable chair. They never played anywhere where there's a, there was like a stadium or stadium yeah, seating. Yeah. Uh, but we we would just take our portable chairs and set them up and basically sit out there uh, in as many clothes as we could put on. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna freeze if you're gonna go watch softball in the. Uh greater Idaho area, you're going to freeze a little bit during baseball and softball season. I invested in uh, one of those little portable heaters, Mm -hmm. little propane deal. Not a bad idea. So you got those little bitty tanks that just screw on the end of it, and you Mm -hmm. turn that thing on, it keeps you nice and warm Mm -hmm. throughout the ball game. And if you're sitting in stands, you'll be amazed to see how many people will crowd around you (laughs) to gather some of that warmth for their very own. You can uh, be pretty popular if you have a propane heater. Get a little contact warmth. Okay. Yeah. I think our problem was always that, you know, they they were good about having a really nice field, mm-hmm. and they were good about having lights, but they were not really good about getting kids out off the field. Off the field? Yeah. Off the field. As in, they've got to put the field away before tomorrow's practice, so they would spend like an hour and a half after a game was over. Oh, waiting for kids to stop Just, playing? Well, no, they were they were putting the field away. They were... You know, getting the the batting cage and putting it back where mm. it was supposed to be. And gotcha. then, you know, raking the field and getting the lines off and then making sure that the flag was down and the, the press box was locked up. You know, it was a long process and mm-hmm. doing all those things. It took like an hour and a half. I'm only saying so because parents are still out in the cold waiting for their kids and they're freezing. <laughs> Once again, the propane heater made me a pretty popular guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you... If you, uh, I mean, th- th- there is a difference if you have a, a child interested in sports. Uh, it- it's always fun if-, if they like an indoor sport. Yeah, I mean, the ones that you- they participate in the library, I'm all for. Volleyball, uh, except for beach volleyball, uh, basketball, wrestling, all indoor sports, gymnastics. Indoor. We like those. Swimming, for the most part. We'll be telling you about what's happening in news today. Today could be, very well maybe. The last day of the Idaho legislative session for 2022. That's what we've heard. Maybe it goes another day. Like they come back on Monday just to get things going. But I don't think that's going to be the case. We've got uh, Michelle Stennett, the uh, Senate minority leader in the state of Idaho, scheduled to be on the program this morning about 830. And then about 845, uh, we'll have uh, Senate President Pro Tem Chuck Winder. And uh, they can... You know, give us all the They skin, can shed some light on that subject, sure. Um, if everything goes as I have heard it will, they're going to conclude business today, even if they have to stay late to conclude business, because there are some folks that just want to get home. So we can, They don't want to be in Boise all weekend so that they can come <laughs> back Monday and finish. We should uh, we'll do, go home today. We could do like we've done before and uh, have to report the signy die on Monday morning. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll keep you posted. Don't know for sure how it's all going to go, but if uh, things go as we're told they're going to, today should be the final day of the session. So stand by for more on that. KBOI News Time is 614, and it is time for sports. Brought to you by place where you'll find the best clam chowder anywhere. Fat Guy's Fresh Deli in Meridian. Yeah, today's chowder day. It's their most popular soup by far. They serve it every Friday, and it's available today starting at 1030. Drop into Fat Guys over there on uh, Overland next to Mountain View High School, or you can call in your order ahead of time, and it'll be ready for you when you get there. 208-855-0424 for Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Hey, Chris Walton, let me ask you a question. 
How's your NCAA bracket doing? Uh, shambles. Uh, I had uh, I had Arizona winning it all, and last night they lost. I had Gonzaga winning it all, and, and last, last night, night they lost. They lost. Yeah, yeah. The uh, brackets are not looking good unless you have Duke going all the way right now. Arkansas my, winner over my, the number one team in the country, Gonzaga. Yeah, my bracket looks like Duke. Seventy-four to sixty-eight was the final score. Arkansas winning that game. Uh, coach Musselman, the former coach of the Nevada Wolfpack. Eric. Eric Musselman, yeah. He's the Arkansas coach. He didn't take his shirt off after their their win, though, last night, which he has been known to do after a big win. Uh, Michigan also took down the number, uh, I'm sorry, Villanova took down yeah. Michigan last night. There Pardon me. 63-55 to 55 was no the score of that there. game. Uh, Duke, uh, as we mentioned a moment ago, they defeated Texas Tech 78-73. So Coach K gets to go to the Elite Eight. And the other shocker, Houston, a number five seed, defeating Arizona last night 72-60. to And that's going to you know mess up some brackets even further. <laughs> that Should, sets yeah. up uh, four games today to see who goes on to the uh, Elite Eight. Uh, you're... What what's that number fifteen team that's so popular? That number fifteen Saint, seed, Saint Peter's. They will take the floor at five o'clock tonight against Purdue, a number three seed, to see if they can keep it rolling. They are, as far as I know, the only Division One team called the Peacocks. Mm-hmm. Kansas Jayhawks take on Providence today. That's five thirty on uh, TBS. Uh, North Carolina Tar Heels are an eight seed. They go against the number four seed UCLA. And the Miami Hurricanes will take on Iowa State. That'll be the late game starting at 8 o'clock on TBS. So you got four good basketball games tonight to decide who will move on to the Elite Eight, which begins tomorrow. Basketball this weekend. KBOI News Time is 617. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623 now on News Talk KBOI. I've been told we have some tickets to give away today and that it's kind of a big deal. Well, I I think so if you're... Uh, into uh, rock and roll, classic rock, uh, you know, attending concerts. This is a pretty good one. We have three pairs of tickets to give away to Santana today, right? Yeah. Tomorrow is Saturday. How are we going to give away tickets on Saturday, Nathaniel? No, the concert the is concert's tomorrow. on Saturday. we got to give those away today is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. And they have to be picked up today, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we will actually be giving one of those pairs of tickets coming up this hour. So stand by for your chance to win tickets to see Santana. I know it's a big tease. We're making a big deal out of it because it's one of those tickets that a lot of people have been asking for. Believe me, there have been people at the station that have said Worthington do you know anything about extra tickets to see Santana no we don't have any extra I, uh, tickets to Santana we have tickets to give away on the air though radio is so a, little luck. a little different than it used to be I think the last time uh, anybody gave me extra tickets was probably the 90s okay good to know Chris 
Sounded like a beef to me, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So if you're looking for tickets to Santana, we have a pair to give away this hour. I just want you to know, so you can have this on speed dial, the number to call, 208-336-3700. So when we give those tickets away, you'll know what what number you need to call. And then you'll have no excuse the next time we give tickets away, should you not win our first set of tickets, or the last pair of tickets late this, this morning, that we'll be giving away as well. Do we have any other giveaways today? We have a damn near impossible question today. We have Jackson Brown tickets to give away as well. That's a hell of a Friday show, right? There. We have we have more tickets than a music station today. I mean, I don't even know if we're going to do anything but give tickets away all day long. So I guess we probably will. In any case, glad that you're here with us uh, on this Friday what is uh, the situation with uh, Russia and Ukraine today? I saw a story from Fox News that there were some diplomacy that was going on, that they may have some kind of a deal in the works to put well, together a they, ceasefire or something like that. The, the, the reason they can't come to uh, a ceasefire or any kind of a conclusion right now is that uh, Ukraine says, you know, okay, we want peace, blah, 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 this will you know, this concession, that concession, then you have to do this for us. And what Russia says is, well, we would like to stop the whole thing right now and declare peace, but we also would own Ukraine at that time. And Ukraine just can't get into Mm -mm. that. They cannot, and most people can't either. Uh, There were some uh, discussions yesterday of what NATO and the United States would do in response if Putin did decide to use chemical weapons in Ukraine, uh, he actually took questions at a news conference at NATO headquarters in Brussels yesterday and, and basically uh, addressed warnings of possible chemical uh, weapons attacks by Russia in Ukraine. So we'll be telling you about that today as well, if you haven't already heard about that. News on the way here for you at the bottom of the hour. Can we give Santana tickets away right now? I have permission. Let's do it. Caller six right now. 208-336-3700, our first set of Santana tickets up right now. Good luck. KBOI News Time is 627. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Six thirty-four on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton, with congratulations to Scott Beatty. First winner of the day. Santana tickets. Nice job, Scott. Santana, that's cool. Appreciate you listening early on today. Did we tell him he's got to get those tickets today? Good, because the you know we're not open tomorrow and the concert's tomorrow, so you better come get those today, my man. Mm-hmm. We have two more sets of Santana tickets to give away today. We have a set of uh, Jackson Brown tickets to give away. We have a damn near impossible question, and we'll have a Laffa Latte gift certificate to give away today as well. Mm -hmm. My gosh. We have more contests today than we do news, for crying out loud. That's to your benefit, by the way. We're just not in the mood to keep anything. Guess not. Uh, I mentioned to you that uh, the president took some questions at a news conference at NATO headquarters in Brussels addressing warnings of possible chemical weapons tax by Russia and Ukraine. Um, Biden has warned that there's a real threat in Russia using chemical weapons in Ukraine. So the first question to him was on whether the U.S. has gathered specific intelligence that suggests that uh, 
Vladimir Putin is considering deploying those chemical weapons and whether the U.S. or NATO would respond with military action if he did. Biden deflected the question, of course, as politicians typically would do in a situation like this, because you don't want to tip your hand on what it is you're going to do. Well, plus, you don't want to make a promise that you may not uh, you know, follow through with. So he said, I'm not going to give you intelligence data, number one. Number two, we would respond. We would respond if he uses it, and the nature of the response would depend on the nature of the use. It's a very vanilla answer. If you say that's a whitewash, well, it is, but it's on purpose, and I am you know, fine with what he said. But yeah, the United States and NATO are going to respond if Putin uses chemical weapons. He just didn't lay out what that response might look like. He didn't talk about sending in U.S. troops. Um, By the way, he has said that he was not going to send troops into Ukraine. So what exactly would he do? Well, I mean, it's it's interesting to even make the statement that you won't be sending troops in because the only way to end that and, and be truthful about it is to say we won't send troops in no matter what happens. Yeah, I know that my brother is a member of the California National Guard and has been really, really paying attention because he did get deployed to Iraq and he did get deployed to Afghanistan, even when he was told, don't worry, you're not going to have to go. (laughs) Well, he had to go. So he's paying very close attention to see if he gets deployed here as well. All right, KBOI News Time is 637. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 642 now on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper. Just one more day. Mike will be back on Monday along with Chris Walton. And we have more Santana tickets to give away today. Two more sets of Santana tickets. We've got Jackson Brown tickets we're going to give away we also have a damn near impossible question and a $50 gift card that will be given away a little later on. So lots happening today on News Talk KBOI. Uh, I'm going to be asking a question about presidents. Today, a president's the, question. Of the United States. Well, that would, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you the question here in about 15 minutes, but uh, don't call until around 8.18, 8.19 when we ask you to call. President Joe Biden announced a new initiative meant to deprive Russian President Vladimir Putin of European energy profits that Biden says are used to fuel Russia's war in Ukraine. Speaking in Brussels alongside European Commission President, uh, Biden said Russia was using its supply of oil and gas to coerce and manipulate its neighbors. He said the United States would help Europe reduce its dependence on Russian oil and gas and would ensure the continent had enough supply for the next two winters. That announcement came just before Biden departed for Brussels, uh, from Brussels for Poland. He said it's going to take some time to adjust gas supply chains and infrastructure that were built for the last decade, so we're going to have to make sure that the families of Europe can get through this winter and the next while we're building an infrastructure for a diversified, resilient, and clean energy future. That is what our president said in Brussels. Uh, They announced, by the way, a joint task force meant to help wean Europe from its dependence on Russian oil and gas. 
Uh, the panel, chaired by representatives from the White House and European Commission, will be aimed towards finding alternative supplies of liquefied natural gas and reducing overall demand for natural gas as they move forward. Uh, Europe's dependence on Russian gas and oil has proved to be a well, kind of a big sticking point in uh, West's efforts and, to yeah. punish Moscow. Kind of a pain. Yeah. While the U.S. branded Russian energy imports, Europe has found it far more difficult to cut off its supply. So, yes, the United States, we've been able to cut off Russia, especially Russian oil. Europe is having a little harder time with that. Mm-hmm. We will keep you posted. KBY News Time is 645, and it is time for sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Do you have a favorite on the menu, Chris? Oh, at, at Fat Guys Fresh Deli? Yeah. yeah, I like that one that's named after the Broncos, the Bronco Blue. The Blue Bronco, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Bronco I, I knew Blue. I blue. That's I the number 11, I knew I way. wouldn't get it right, but I, I You can, know why it's the number I can, 11? I can taste it. You know why? Uh, for Kellen Moore. Yeah, because of Kellen. The number 32 is pretty good. What, the O.J. Simpson one? or what No, it? it's the Worthington melt, not oh, okay. the O.J. Simpson. I'm, I'm sorry. I was trying to think of famous number 32s. <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to let you go on that All one. Fat right. Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Today is uh, Clam Chowder Day, by the way. All right. We have a little more on softball here. The Boise State softball team is 3-0 and in the Mountain West and starts three-game series at Nevada later on this afternoon. Pitching has been a major reason why Boise State is 24-5 and overall and has won seventh straight. The team's ERA is 2.45, and opponents are hitting just 224 against them. First-year coach Justin Schultz says the pitching staff is deep. We have Sarah Johnson, who's our lefty specialist, spins the ball really, really well. She has like a six or seven different pitches she can choose from um, when needed. Uh, we've got Taylor Cottle, who's going to be more of our up-ball pitcher with a really good change. And then we've got Hannah Bailey. And she's going to keep the ball down in the zone, get a lot of ground balls, and let our defense, who's been solid all year, work for her. The Bronco pitchers are averaging over a strikeout an inning and have allowed just 10 home runs in 29 games. That's compared to the 44 that the Broncos have hit. Bob Beeler, News Talk, KBOI. Yeah, Boise State softball team is legit. Uh, in watching them play last week, mm-hmm. last weekend against Fresno State, the Broncos ended the first game of that series with a walk-off home run. That's exciting. Yeah, it was a two-run shot that won the game. They won the final game of that series, throwing out a runner at home plate. Not a bad way to go. <laughs> they hit homers. They pitch well. It's a good team. KBY News Time is 647. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, just about top of the hour news on the way here for you. But before we get there, we have a damn near impossible question mm-hmm. to let you in on. There are three or six, I mean, there are six living former presidents and presidents of the United States. And uh, that would indicate then that there are 38 who have passed away. Of those who have passed away, the youngest was John F. Kennedy at 46 and the oldest so far is George Bush or at George H.W. Bush at the age of 94. What is the only age at which three parent of uh, three presidents have died? You're asking me the the number. The number. What what is the only How old were these three of, presidents? 
That's right. Yeah, when they died. Right. Got it. But there's only one. There's only one number that has three uh, three presidents dying at that age. Okay. And I want to know what that number is. Okay. We'll have that for you here in the eight o'clock hour. So don't call now. But we'll also have a fifty dollar gift card to give away. Uh, we've got tickets to see Santana tomorrow. We've got two sets of those tickets to give away as well. And we've got some Jackson Brown tickets to give away today as well. So you'll want to be listening today and you'll want to have this number 208-336-3700. KBY News Time is 7 o'clock. 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Glad you're with us on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper. Today, but not on Monday, Mike Casper will be back by then, we've heard. (laughs) Just as long as everything goes well at the airport, Mike Casper is supposed to be back on Monday. uh, And I will be all for it. Um, Which leads me to this point, Chris. What's that? You know what you can't do when you go to the airport or when you get on an airplane? Um, I could probably come up with a list of stuff. You can't uh, punch the airline employee. You can't throw a punch at him. That's one thing you can't do. A man arrested in Atlanta on Tuesday after he punched a Southwest Airline employee. Social media video of the incident shows Courtney Drummond shouting as he approaches the counter and punching an employee. Video also shows several employees intervening. In a statement, the Atlanta Police Department said Drummond refused to comply with flight attendants as the Southwest flight was being taxied from the gate to the tarmac. Police said that Drummond was asked to leave the flight after the plane was forced to return to the gate due to his aggressive behavior. Here's a quote. After Mr. Drummond was escorted off the plane, he threatened a Southwest gate agent several times and then ultimately assaulted him. Drummond was arrested on charges of simple battery. Uh, obstruction was taken to the to the pokey, to the old Gray Bar Hotel. Yeah. Southwest Airlines commented, say, we have a zero tolerance for any type of attack on our employees or our customers. As a result of this attack, the individual has been banned from flying Southwest Airlines. Take that! Yeah. Still still against the rules to punch the employee of the uh, airline that you're trying to fly. Better better hope that individual uh, lives near an airport that has more than just Southwest. Uh, By the way... Uh, the man is still being held on three charges. His bond is about uh, ten grand, sixteen hundred dollars in fees for him to uh, bail out if he chooses to do so. Um, so good luck there. But you're not flying Southwest, so. And by the way, don't they have a like a policing system amongst the airlines where if we've got somebody that we banned, other airlines ban them as well? Uh, generally, yes. Uh, there are some that don't participate in that, though, and Southwest might be one of them. You know how if you take Southwest and transfer to another uh, plane, you have to go get your own bags and check them in? I did not know that, yeah. no, okay. uh, just just to be honest. But I fly so little 
that uh, and and when I've taken big flights, like when we went to Europe, for example, we flew American Airlines. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was United. I don't know, but we didn't take Southwest. Is what I'm saying. Southwest doesn't go all the way to Europe. So when we flew to Hawaii, we flew American Airlines. I generally like Southwest, though, when I fly to Reno or if I fly home to see my parents in Sacramento, I'll fly Southwest mm-hmm. all day long. I got no problem with it. Yeah. And those are usually short flights, too. So That's true. And I've never had a problem with Southwest. I mean, I'm knock on wood right now, the, but the, the only never. problem The only problem, and it's not even really a problem I've ever had with Southwest, is uh, quite often I used to travel. What, there were four of us that used to travel together. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, I don't recall if we went on Southwest, I did not get to sit, sit with the other ones. <laughs> I see. Because, uh, the, uh, if, if there were seats together, the, uh, the kids wanted to sit with their mother and uh, I ended up always just sitting by myself in some yeah. lonely row, you know, because you can pick or you can choose any, uh, yeah. any, any uh, seat that you want to. That's right. Well, today is open phones Friday. If you want to talk about, uh, what's going on at the state house. Looks like they're going to try and signy die today. Feel free to call us. If you want to talk about NCAA basketball last night, you can give us a call. The Zags went down last night. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about what a crazy year it's been for NFL free agency and how obscenely good the AFC West looks right now? Four great quarterbacks in that league. I have no idea who's going to be that the number one seed or the number one team in that league. Kind of makes you wonder what they're going to do to mess it up. No kidding. I uh, wanted to point this out that uh, the U.S. has announced that we're going to take up to 100,000 Ukrainian refugees. Uh, the White House announced a plan to resettle some of those who are fleeing their homes amid the ongoing Russian invasion of Ukraine. President Biden said the U.S. will welcome up to 100,000 Ukrainians and others fleeing Russia's aggression. He said we're focused on reuniting families and providing refuge to those in harm's way. Uh, The Biden administration also announced the U.S. would provide more than a billion dollars in humanitarian assistance for people affected by the war, funding uh, medical supplies, food, water, and shelter, noting the particular concern of a rise in global food insecurity. And and it is. This, uh, This... conflict going on between Russia and Ukraine has uh, it has disrupted uh, the global food uh, you know distribution no question about that um I, I tell you it's difficult to know what it's like for those folks that are in Ukraine right now because not only is 90% of their buildings just completely smashed so is their entire infrastructure food water Habitable space, gasoline, all of those things. That whole system is shot. It's really very incredible that uh, they've been able to put up the resistance that they have so far. Yeah. KBOI News Time is 714. It's time for us to take a look at sports this hour. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Today is what soup do they have today, Chris? You know what day it is. It is clam chowder day. It's chowder day. Chowder. Chowder. It's the best clam chowder you'll ever have. That's what I've been told by a number of people. I can't eat it personally because I'm. it's a shellfish thing for me. Mm-hmm. Can't eat it. 
but I've been told by several people, including Nathaniel, that it's the best clam chowder that he's ever had. I'm nodding like, yeah, you did. You did tell me that. <laughs> yeah, you did. We were it's pretty at good. the deli together. You said, this this might be the best clam chowder I've ever had. It's pretty good at Moe's, too. But yeah, this is really good clam chowder. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was talking about the bacon hollow... Bacon jalapeno potato cheddar soup. Don't you, don't you put down clam chowder on clam chowder day. They're going to cut never. you off. No soup for you. I would never slander the clam no, chowder. You did you watch hoops last night, Chris Walton? I did, with some amazement. A little bit. Uh, two really good teams that a lot of people thought could be the teams to make it to the Final Four or to the championship game have fallen. Gonzaga, the first to fall at the hands of Arkansas last night, 74-68. to Gonzaga just couldn't make big shots at the end of the game, and Arkansas played great defense when they needed to. The other is the Arizona Wildcats went down last night to the five-seed Houston, 72-60. to That's what really killed my bracket. Because I didn't I, see any of the games, so you tell the, me uh, what happened there. I had the Arizona Wildcats winning six games. They just, you know, they, they weren't shooting that well. Well... That's all it takes, really. Villanova, a winner over Michigan last night. That's a two-seed over a number 11, 63-55. And Coach K continues his run into the grade eight with a 78-73 victory over Texas Tech last night. Now, there are four more Sweet 16 games to be played today. Purdue will take on St. Peter's, that number 15 seed that has been so pesky. That's a three seed against a 15. Purdue, pretty heavy favorite, I'd say. So far in, in every game St. Peter's has won, uh, the smart money would have been to bet on the other team. However, it, it wouldn't have been the actual outcome. Well, St. Peter's is, you know, even if they don't win, they've already had a great tournament. They're the Cinderella for sure. Kansas, the number one seed, will take on Providence today. That's a 5-30 game on TBS. By the way, the first game is a 5-10 tip time, uh, the St. Peter's game. Uh, 7.30 tonight will be the second game on CBS. It'll be UCLA taking on North Carolina Tar Heels. And then the nightcap, it'll be the Miami Hurricanes taking on Iowa State. That game at 8 p.m. tonight on TBS. By the way, those are local times if you want to watch Sweet 16 basketball tonight. And then we're into the Elite Eight, and that starts on Saturday and Sunday. KBOI News Time is 7.17. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 723 now on News Talk, KBOI. What was the name of our winner again? Bibiana? Bibiana. Well, congratulations. You won a pair of tickets to go see Santana. We appreciate you listening this morning. Right now, though, it's time for us to talk with Jeremiah Bates, talk a little bit about what's going on with the market today. Jeremiah, what is going on with cannabis stocks? <laughs> we are seeing quite a surge, which is interesting because... I thought uh, you, you were going to say for sure, well, they're smoking. <laughs> oh, man, I had the opportunity. They're burning up all that, over the place. That's why I'm leaning on you, Rick, for the uh, the, co- the colorful commentary on the back end on that. But, no, we're, we're seeing these things pop <laughs> tremendously over the past couple days, which is interesting. I mean, you, you've seen a lot of these... Uh, 
marijuana stocks relatively flat and deep negative territory, especially over the past year. Um, so Til- Tilray, under the ticker symbol TLRY, just to give you an example, its performance from this point to um, from now to last year, it's down 68%. But if you look at it, you, if you look at its five day returns, it's up over 28%. Okay, wow. so what's going on? Um, you have that. You have a House bill called the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, otherwise known as MORE, M-O-R-E. <laughs> essentially, <laughs> and essentially, what this would do is this would remove marijuana from the list of scheduled sub- substances, which is huge because you got to look at the biggest headwind of of marijuana companies right now. Is yeah, we have a few states that have legalized it. Sure, it's uh, it's used for medicinal uses in some other states. However, federally, it's illegal, so it's huge headwinds. And they don't have access to the federal banking system. So that's why okay. it, it's kind of hard to be really bullish on these marijuana stocks. I mean, in theory, the use, I mean, the, I guess the, the polls that they do of, as far as uh, people in the United States, uh, up for decriminalizing it, it's very high. But until that actual, that rubber hits the road, you're kind of in this weird space where it's like, Hey, th- there's certainly opportunity from an investment standpoint, but there's so many headwinds just from standard operations for that company, in the United States. It's like, uh, so not surprising to see these returns so low. So if this does pass, holy smokes, there's my pun. Um, this, this could be a huge <laughs> momentum b- uh, booster for, for cannabis I got, stocks. I got, so, I got one for you too. Uh, most people uh, buy marijuana low and then sell it really high. Oh, <laughs> I am so done here. Boom, boom. Anyway, I love this show. I love this show. Yeah. Uh, you know, so now the question is if it, if it gets passed. I mean, analysts are looking at it, it's like, eh, un- maybe unlikely to actually get fully decriminalized from the federal level. Level, however, there's also another bill making its way through Congress right now: the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act. And that would allow for um, for co- cannabis businesses to operate in the federal banking system, which have already been legalized by their state. So even if the uh, the Moore Act doesn't come through, that uh, this other safe act that for the banking could be a potential tailwind as well. Okay, so I'm not going to make any more marijuana jokes. All right, <laughs> but there's a lot of them, and they're lining up like boxcars. I'm just pushing it away for the moment. So many jokes, so little time. That's right. Do you have anything you wanted to add about zigzags, Chris? I I, I do not. Okay. Good, good. <laughs> we're rolling right along. Hey, you know, Sorry, and Rick, I, I know I, I know you're a huge fan of cryptocurrency. Yeah. So I love bringing this up anytime you're uh, you're filling in. Yeah, Bitcoin up uh, almost five percent, hovering over almost to forty five thousand dollars a token, giving it almost an eleven percent gain over the past seven days. And that tide is kind of rising. Most of your uh, better known uh, cryptocurrencies, is, uh, uh, Ethereum, to be included. So. Uh, the interesting dynamics of some asset classes that are, have been a bit volatile, but showing some momentum. All right. We'll talk to you again in about uh, an hour when we get an update on what's going on with stocks today. Thanks very much for your good sense of humor about uh, today's report. <laughs> Thanks, Jets. <laughs> take, take care, buddy. All right. KBOI News Time is 727. Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.42 on News Talk KBOI. want you to stand by because we've got some more tickets to give away this morning. We have some Jackson Brown tickets. We have one more set of tickets to give away to see Santana this weekend. And, of course, Damn Near Impossible Question coming up next hour. So stand by. We'll have a mm-hmm. couple opportunities for you to win. And 
By the way, it's Open Phones Friday. If you want to jump in today, anytime, 208-336-3700. We'll uh, take your calls all day long and your comments online as well. We are paying attention to what's happening today at the State House as some of our lawmakers start to trickle in and uh, arrive here in Boise again today. We believe, crossing our fingers here, today could be the last day of the 22 Idaho legislative session. There were some things that did happen yesterday, though, that have put that into question. Really? The Idaho House of Representatives was on the cusp of adjournment yesterday when more than half of the House voted to kill the budget for the Idaho Commission on Libraries, which is one of the last pieces of legislation that's left in the queue this session. Shortly thereafter, Governor Brad Little vetoed Senate Bill 1400, uh, the budget for the Office of Information Technology Services. Taken together, those two developments inject some uncertainty in what was supposed to be the last couple of days of the 22 legislative session. First sign of trouble. This, by the way, according to the Idaho Capital Sun. The first sign of trouble was uh, a long debate yesterday afternoon about obscene materials and pornography in libraries. The Idaho House killed the third version of the 2023 budget for the Idaho Commission on Libraries, which is House Bill N24. Some of that was actually to get back at the librarians who had uh, expressed their uh, distaste for the law that would make it easy to arrest librarians. Right. The bill included $11.2 million in total funding, including $4.5 million in state general fund spending and $6.7 million in federal funding. Legislative budget writers already cut $307,000 for e-books that was included in the original budget bill. That was House Bill 784. After legislators said some of the materials in the e-books were inappropriate and accessible to children through their school libraries. Nevertheless, budget bill for the Commission on Libraries reignited the debate over obscenities in libraries and sharply divided the Idaho House. Um, Then there was the satanic bill. I'm making fun of the House Bill 666. (laughs) They passed House Bill 666 earlier this year which removed an exemption that protected library schools, colleges, and universities from prosecution for distributing material that is, quote, harmful to minors. So we I don't know if that's going to have any uh, effect on whether or not the session does end today or not. But as I'm told, the Senate is pretty much done with their business. They've got a couple of things they've got to do today, and then they're done. The House, I don't know about. The House usually has a few more things going on. So we'll see. But today could be the last day of the session. They could sign the die and everything. KBOI News Time is 745. It's time for sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. All right, today is Clam Chowder Day. It is the most popular soup they serve during the week. And it's not even close. It's why they do it every single Friday, because it is so darn popular. If you have not yet gone to Fat Guy's Fresh Deli in Meridian, that's on you. (laughs) But the good news is there is a new location coming to Boise very soon. Off of Gowan Road in that Albertson Shopping Center, there's a Quiznos that's there right now. Won't be a Quiznos for very long. It's about to become a Fat Guy's Fresh Deli. 
And I have it on authority that there's another fat guys in the works for next year in Canyon County. Nice. But I can't say where because I'm sworn to secrecy. I know things and I know effective people and influential dudes. All right. Let's talk about Boise State softball for just a moment. They're 24 and 5. They've won seven in a row. And they're starting a series against the Wolfpack today. The Broncos have done it with a balanced lineup, hitting 324 as a team and having slugged 44 home runs in 29 games. First-year coach Justin Schultz says the bats are hot. Allie Sings had a really, really good start to the season. I think she's got a team leading eight home runs right now. She's been all over the lineup as, as high as leadoff, all the way down in the seven hole, um, driving in runs. And then Kelsey Lawler's been one who's really, really started a trend in the a really good direction the last two or three weeks, just always finding a way to um, drive the ball in the gaps, and she's now starting to show all that power that she truly has. Boise State is 3-0 and in the Mountain West and will play a three-game series at Nevada this weekend. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Time is 747. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, you heard about Santana. We have another pair of tickets to give away before we get out of here today. Be listening for your chance to win. We also have some Jackson Brown tickets to give away sometime before we conclude this hour. That's not very far away. So be standing by for your chance to win. Uh, and we have a damn near impossible question that we'll be telling you about. But real quick, Chris, I wanted to mention this. Um, you recall the Dior Coons investigation. Mm-hmm. The young child that went missing during a camping trip in eastern Idaho. And there was an investigation of the parents. There was an investigation of some of the other people that were there on that camping trip after that child inexplicably disappeared. The investigations uh, detective group that had been investigating the case said that they had thought that maybe the, the parents were involved in the disappearance in some way. And then they were sued by the parents. For indicating the same? Yeah. By the way, parents lost that lawsuit. And uh, Clyde Investigations released a statement this morning saying they wanted to address the rumors in the public regarding the Dior uh, Coons case in Idaho. Uh, Klein Investigations and Consulting says, we've been in contact with certain persons in the public as well as one family member regarding becoming involved in the case again. We have said that we would if we could contribute in a positive way to the case. Um Reason they left the case is because they were sued by the mother and father in the case. After review by the judge, it was found that not only were we correct in our investigation, but law enforcement who were involved in the case agreed with us. And, of course, in the end, the truth is the ultimate defense. We were awarded $100,000 plus. However, we did not attempt collection because there was no money by the father to collect, (laughs) and the original plaintiff died. That happens a lot, doesn't yeah. it? Somebody gets sued, and, and uh, award, or somebody sues, and then it gets awarded a big settlement, right. and they never get any of it because the person they sued didn't have anything to begin with. In any case, Klein Investigations is saying they may become involved in the case in an investigation role. They're a private investigation company. 
uh, and say there's a chance they may get involved in that again. But the Dior Coons case has not been solved. Uh, they thought uh, maybe there was abduction. They thought maybe the child had kind of wandered off into the to the woods yeah, somewhere. In the woods, there there are like a hundred places where yeah. you can fall in a hole or right. something and so never be seen again. We don't know exactly what happened there, of course, but uh, we'll continue to follow it as best we can. Mm-hmm. It's a cold case right now. If something new were to pop up, we would, of course, tell you about that. Is it? It's a pretty high-profile case there for a while. Uh, I know that we have a damn near impossible question coming up. Do we want to talk about that right now, or do we want to take a break? We, do we do traffic first? Why don't we do traffic and weather? Okay, we'll do traffic and weather. We'll come back with your damn near impossible question and maybe a chance to win some Jackson Brown tickets. All right. KBY News Time is 7.56. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.58, going to have a chance for you to win some tickets here in just a second. First, though, a preview of the damn near impossible question from Chris Walton. Don't call now. We're going to ask you the question here in about 20 minutes, and you can call then. Uh, The number to call when you do, 208-336-3700. You will be playing for a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Laffa Latte. And the whole thing is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, opening doors to the world for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. The question, 39 former U.S. presidents have died. Mm -hmm. The youngest was John F. Kennedy, who died at 46, and he was the only one to die at that age. The oldest so far was George Bush, who died at 94 and is the only one to die at 94. Jimmy Carter, of course, is still alive at 97. What is the only age at which as many as three presidents have died? We're looking for the age of those three presidents who died at the same age. Okay, gotcha. That's today's damn near impossible question. Again, we'll do that here in about 20 minutes, so stand by for that. But if you'd like to win some Jackson Brown tickets... This is your opportunity to call right now. 208-336-3700. We'll take caller number what? Chris loves six. We do <laughs> caller six because well, that's what Chris loves. People should watch their six. Caller number six. Watch your six. Call right now. 208-336-3700. We'll get you a pair of tickets to the Jackson Brown concert. Again, that's for caller six. Uh, meanwhile, we've got news on the way here for you at the top of the hour, and it is Open Phones Friday all day long as well, so we'll talk about what you want to talk about, uh, whether it's softball or football or NCAA basketball or just things that are going on at the State House. We'll have that for you coming up. KBUI News Time, it is 8 o'clock. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Time, it's now 8.08. There has been kind of a new scientific breakthrough, a medical breakthrough anyway, really? in, a, in a, testament, a testament to the power of science. Researchers in Switzerland outfitted a 36-year-old ALS patient, Lou Gehrig's disease, with a chip in his brain which allows him to spell out sentences one letter at a time, uh, just, you know, thinking about the letter. So they, they outfitted... As in they implanted a chip mm-hmm. into dude's brain? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And he, he can't, like, you know, produce words on a screen, but he can 
actually produce letters and spell words. Uh, the, fir- huh. the first thing he said after the implant? Yeah. I want a beer. <laughs> oh, God bless him. On top of that, he uh, also asked his caregivers for a head massage. Uh, he wanted curry and soup fed through tubes. And he wanted to listen to an album by the band Tool. And in his words, he wanted it played loud. Right on. The uh, people doing the research at the WIS Center in Geneva, Switzerland, say it's the first instance of someone with no voluntary muscle movement being able to communicate. The, The patient who consented to the brain implant back in 2018 when he could still use eye movement to communicate is now completely paralyzed head to toe. Uh-huh. The chip allows him to signal yes or no to a series of letters and spell out commands at a rate of one character per minute. That means it took him more than 10 minutes to order a beer. So how exactly does that work? They say that they he's able to spell them out because he has a chip implanted. Is it hooked up to a computer somehow? Yeah. It, That's incredible. Yeah. And uh, since he's you know completely paralyzed, I don't think he's even able to swallow on his own. So... Okay. If, if, he, if he got a beer, he probably got it uh, intravenously. I see. Well, I'm okay with that, too, by the way. Yeah. Well, felt that way before. Like I, like I say about Just you know, hook it up to me. At, at Starbucks, I order venti because they don't offer IV. I know. As well I know, Chris Walton. Uh, it's Open Phones Friday, by the way, if you want to call in. Something you want to talk about, the number to call is 208-336-3700. one 800 529 KBOI or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. As we have mentioned, today might be the final day of the Idaho legislative session. There were a number of things that did get pushed through yesterday. I know in the Senate, I didn't hear about how everything went in the House, but in the Senate, their leaders said, hey, we're nigh signy die, which means we're day before mm-hmm. we sign off in a nutshell and um looks like they were just going to come in today they were going to get through a, a couple of things and then they were going to they were going to call that's it the, that's the plan but of course the best laid plans uh, they could best be best laid plans of mice and men they could be uh i've heard that before. working to oh, good that they they could be working till midnight or they could be done by noon we don't know yeah we don't know about that um but we will you know continue to follow along with what's going on there and try and keep you up on that. The uh, Army has uh, scrapped their plans to use the same physical fitness test for every soldier, choosing instead to have some reduced standards to allow women and older soldiers to pass the test. Okay. The Army first changed its fitness test to include deadlifts, power throws, push-ups, planks, a run, and a sprint-drag-carry event as well as a leg tuck that was, I'm getting tired just reading this list, a leg tuck that was eventually eliminated. Service leaders hope the newer test, the first such change in more than 40 years, would better replicate tasks needed for combat while reducing the risk of injuries. But the new fitness curriculum was quickly criticized after it became clear that women and older male soldiers and uh, most in the National Guard and Reserve had a great deal of difficulty passing it. No kidding. You're right. That does make you tired just thinking about it. Oh, and uh, I get uh, I get letters every time something like this happens, people saying that they should never relax the standards in the military. I kind of happen to agree with that. I don't know why you would need to relax standards. Although I, I realize that 
they could be at a point where they need to lower it in well, order to bring the number have, of people in that they need. Yeah, but, exactly. If you need a lot of people and you have a test that uh, says if you don't pass this, you are out of the military, um, you know, that may not be a good idea if you're trying to increase its size. Right. The president will be in Poland today. Uh, President Joe Biden announced a new initiative meant to deprive Russian President Vladimir Putin of European energy profits that Biden says are being used to fuel Russia's war in Ukraine. Speaking in Brussels yesterday along the European Commission president, Biden said that Russia was using its oil supply and uh, gas to coerce and manipulate its neighbors said the United States would help Europe reduce their dependence on Russian oil and gas and would ensure the continent had enough supplies for the next two winters. That announcement came just before Biden departed Brussels for Poland today. And we'll be hearing a little more about what he's doing in Poland. And I know he's going to visit with troops that are there in Poland. I'm talking about American troops, I assume, that are in Poland. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's set to happen, or maybe it is happening right now, but... uh, We'll continue to keep an eye on that. Here's, here's, here's trivia. Who was the muscles from Brussels? It wasn't Schwarzenegger, was it? No, close. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Because muscles from Schwar- Brussels? Schwarzenegger was from Australia. Or, um, Austria. Austria, not Australia. Sorry. Yeah. We'll say that's, that's not, yeah. Yeah. G'day, mate. I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, Jean-Claude he was, Van Damme? He was Austria. Yes. Jean-Claude Van Damme, the muscles from Brussels. He wasn't that muscular. Uh, apparently more than most people in Brussels. Why are you looking at me like that, Nathaniel? I mean, he was talented in martial arts, as I recall, but I never looked at that guy and said, he's, wow, that dude looks he's really thinking, strong. He's thinking of the uh, the Bible passage that says, don't you know, criticize the uh, splinter in someone else's eye when you basically have a two-by-four in your own. Is, all I'm saying in Total Recall, like the original Total Recall? Just knock it off. Oh, no, he no, was Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger was in, was in okay, total Okay, so recall. I'm thinking of the wrong guy. That yeah, explains it. There you go. See, all I'm telling you right now is Jean-Claude Van Damme, Chuck Norris eats that dude for breakfast. That's all I'm saying. Chuck Norris can tie his shoes with his feet. That's right. Don't mess with Chuck Norris. You know how many Chuck Norrises it takes to change a light bulb? How many? None. He's not afraid of the dark. Love it. KBY News Time is 814. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It is 825 now, and it's time for the KBOI damn near impossible question. Chris, tell us about today's question. First off, it's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network. For all your real estate needs, call 208-888-4128. You are playing for a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Laugh a Latte. The question, 39 former U.S. presidents have died. There are six that are alive right now. The youngest of those who have died was John F. Kennedy. He passed away at the age of 46. Of course, he was shot. The oldest so far was uh, George Bush, who died at 94, although Jimmy Carter, who is still alive, is 97. What is the only age at which as many as three presidents have died? All right. We're not looking for the presidents. We're looking for the age. But if you know the presidents, yeah, feel that, free. Would, that could be nice. All there, right. There is no bonus, though. Let's go to the phones. Teresa is first up. Teresa, thanks for calling us this morning on KBOI. How smart are you? 
Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Let's give it a shot anyway. <laughs> how about how about uh, 67? 67 is the answer. You Both. are correct. Well done. See, you're pretty smart, Teresa. And the... Uh, <laughs> The three presidents who died at the age of 67 were our first president, George Washington, because instead of treating him with medicine, which they didn't have, they were bleeding him with leeches, uh, Benjamin Harrison, <laughs> and Woodrow Wilson. They all died at the age of 67. All right, Teresa, just like that. How did, how did you, how did you know? Did, did you look it up online, or did you just happen to have the answer right on the tip of your tongue? Oh, it's always on the tip of the tongue. That a girl. That's a good answer right there, too. Well, congratulations to you. We're going to put you on hold here. We'll get some information from you, and then we'll make sure you're able to get your prize. For the rest of you guys, sorry, but we do have other opportunities for you to win today. In fact, we have another pair of tickets to go see Santana tomorrow that we'll be giving away in the 9 o'clock hour. So stand by. You could be winning those today. News is first, though. KBOI News Time is 827. 670 KBOI covers the Idaho legislature. All of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State Senators joining Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. 839 now on News Talk KBOI. Very pleased to offer to you an opportunity to hear Democratic Senator Michelle Stennett, District 26th in Ketchum. She is the Senate Minority Leader in her sixth term. Thank you for joining us today on KBOI. Always my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. What? Uh, let's let, let's pick the date. I'll just say 1994, when your family kind of came to prominence as far as uh, politics in Idaho go. What's the best thing that has happened that the uh, legislature has done, in your opinion, since 1994? the question yeah. so my husband came in in 1990 oh 90 okay um, was i was i was off by a couple years that's right he and, was in the house then, first. um but anyway uh that is quite the question um well uh probably one of the better things uh that we did was to uh modernize our elections uh we did have sunshine reports before that but continued to make sure that we made improvements and uh reportability and more transparency over time um, we did lag behind for some time compared to other states. So probably in that tenure, as it pertains to uh, making it um, uh, a better system and something that the public could certainly follow us and be um, very aware of, of the monies and the, um, the, the operation itself. We um, also uh, uh, renovated a beautiful capital that was mm-hmm. over 100 years old, which is no small feat. We did it before the downturn of the economy in the latter 2000s. So, um, but uh, I think probably as it pertains to how much better we are able to communicate um, through all means, um, through email uh, and uh, other social media, be able to communicate with the our constituents and have a much more open building for people to be able to come in remotely to testify or in person. It has expanded and I'm very pleased to see that that is a trend we should continue. As we mentioned, you're now in your sixth term uh, and you've mm-hmm. seen quite a bit over six terms. Uh, this, as I understand, is the last Yes, I'm retiring at the end of this year. It'll be so, the end of 13 years. So you live in a winter wonderland, but you've never actually spent an entire winter there. It'll be nice to get back to skiing. <laughs> you're correct. <laughs> I want to ask, in in the six terms that you've been there, a lot has definitely changed in terms of how business is done. 
is it for the better or is it for the worse the way things are within the the Senate and the legislature right now? I think it's a blend and it really depends on how you navigate and approach it. Um, I've always come at the legislature that all of my colleagues um, I respect. They all are representing their various constituencies, even if they may be completely opposite of some of the things that I agree upon. If you really look at the majority of what we do as a legislature every year, I've taken a tally and this is my 13th session. Uh, The greater majority, probably about 75% of what we do, we do well together across both houses and parties. Um, It's the the very divisive or lightning rod kind of of, uh, issues that you will hear uh, in the news a lot and what probably makes us uh, debate the most. Um, But that's to be expected. I'm, you know, we feel very passionately about uh, a lot of things that impact ourselves, our families, our, our constituents, and we are coming from different religions or demographics, geographies, um, just very different p- constituencies. I'm in one of the most diverse districts in the state that don't think alike, as you probably could guess, if you have a Blaine, Lincoln, Gooding, and Camas counties all in <laughs> the same uh, district. So you have to navigate through that. And so in the end, what we need to do, which I think has changed, unfortunately, we hoped, I hope to keep it together in the Senate. We do a pretty good job. But to make sure that you are debating the issue and not the person. Because um, I have uh, been adamantly debating um, of one of my colleagues uh, on the Senate floor, even against those um, issues that come over from the House, and then been co-sponsors on bills that have been successful later. You That relationship building, um, that uh, respectability, civility, um, hard work should be commended, and I think people forget about it. And even in this very, some people would say, devolving uh, device of times, you still need to maintain that in order to do good policy. And I would argue some of the policy we pass, I would dislike, and I'm sure any 105 of us would say that about any other piece of policy. Um, we do have to work really hard to to defend what we believe in, um, but we need to keep the decorum and the uh, diplomacy of the building, or otherwise it just devolves into chaos and mm-hmm. you get nothing nothing accomplished. Is is there anything that particularly disappointed you with uh, this last session of yours? The people have been telling us for years now to do something about property tax relief and grocery tax relief. And um, we sort of got the idea that if they were going to do an income tax relief, which really didn't give a lot of money to um, most people of lower incomes, um, that they would not have to address that. And we kept telling them, no, that, that we have to hit all those points, particularly in the inflation and food costs and the difficulty to earn a living as with the escalating cost of living and particularly to housing. We need to address those. And it is the role of government to help in the ways they can to help our communities thrive and our economy function. And um, I think we didn't hit our mark. What we did for a circuit breaker to give, um, you know, uh, less than what um, our counties were telling us um, that our seniors, our veterans, people with disabilities needed, they fell off the track with our bill last year. And so um, we needed to replenish that. We didn't bring them up to speed. So we still have hundreds of people who are not getting relief there. We really didn't give much meaningful property tax, kind of convoluted. I wished it would have been a straightforward 
bill. And then finally, the grocery tax credit, we only gave $20 extra. You get it at the end of the year and it doesn't start for two years. Well, we know what food cost of food's doing right now. Mm-hmm. It hardly seems helpful. So really under the mark on those things that that I think people were really, really asking us to do a good job of. I know you're on your way out, but I have to ask, there have been certain number of lobbying groups uh, that have really kind of uh, taken hold of a certain number of uh, legislators, especially during this session, uh, and maybe the last as well. Uh, How do you feel about lobbying groups becoming so prominent in Idaho? I believe that lobby groups are there to help us understand the issues that they represent. And it is only their side and only to bring what their knowledge is. That's what we need to use them for. When they start to insert themselves into policymaking, then you've crossed a line in my mind. And um, I've made it really, really clear that you can come in and talk to me, any side, anyone. I will not promise you anything. I will respect your opinion, but you are there to help me educate from all sides. That I do not do anything in, um, it, that will, I don't allow anything to insert itself into the politi- policy. Mm-hmm. I'm much more of a policy person than a politics person. Some people are more politics people, but, um, but I think it's, it's wrong to um, run um, policy. It's not their place. It, there's bright lines, always should be and always, um, and ho- hopefully will be if we fight for it to be bright lines about when you're in that building, it is about trying to do the best policy you can. Um, and so I, that kind of, um, of insertion into what we do is I think, um, probably, uh, even illegal if you were to look at, um, on, on how people, um, should be uh, managing, um, themselves within the building. So I, I'm disappointed in that. I can see it, um, more in one body than the other body. Um, but it is, it is prevalent throughout the, the capital, and it is up for, for those of us who are elected to, um, to try to keep our policymaking clean. And so I just would speak out to my colleagues that we need to rem- remind ourselves of why we're there and that, um, that lobbying is only a tool, but they should not be the reason. Uh, they should not be controlling. The Senator, papers. appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you for your, uh, your service these past three decades as well. Well, I certainly appreciate having spoken to you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and have a wonderful, wonderful summer. KBY News Time is eight forty-eight. Six seventy KBOI covers the Idaho Legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State Senators joining Casper and Chris on six seventy KBOI. It's eight fifty-four. We went a little long with uh, Senator Michelle Stanton as last time we were going to get a chance to talk to her. Republican Senator Chuck Winder is now on the line with us from District 20 in Boise. I'm sorry we took up a little bit of your time talking there, but thank you very much for coming on with us today on KBOI. How would you, uh, Senator, how, how would you rate this session as, uh, of the ones that you've participated in? Where does, this, where does this one rank? I think this is really a historic session, uh, one of the top ones, because we were able to basically follow the governor's lead on uh, reducing taxes, funding education, and funding transportation. So he calls it his trifecta as part of his leading Idaho plan. And uh, we accomplished all of that and and a lot more this session. Is there anything that didn't go well? No, I think all in all it went, you know, quite well. Uh, A lot different than last year. 
uh, when uh, COVID was interfering with uh, our ability to even meet and, and the concerns the public had. So I think, you know, a lot of the things that we had problems with last year, you know, the public seemed to be uh, more settled uh, uh, and we didn't see the disruptive behavior that we saw a year ago. Well, I guess the the next question has to be about getting out. Uh, will we get the band back together on Monday, or are we going to sign he died today? Uh, I don't know yet. Uh, we'll likely uh, probably go home for four or five days uh, and wait for the uh, five-day period for the vetoes to be behind us. Uh, if we're in session, uh, the uh, governor has five days to either sign the bills, veto them, or let them go into law. Uh, if we uh, sign he die, he then has 10 days, uh, and we have no ability to come back uh, if we wanted to override a veto. So I think probably what's going to happen is we'll s- stick around for that five-day period. We'll let people go home and then bring back a crew uh, on probably Wednesday or Thursday next week. You made the decision a couple of weeks ago, or at least you, you told us about it a couple of weeks ago, that some of the more talked-about bills in the House weren't going to get a hearing in the Senate. Why? Well, I think, one, they were poorly written. Uh, I think they targeted the wrong people. Uh, I don't think you ought to target the library. And I think, you know, if you want to uh, do something uh, with that issue, uh, look at the school boards, uh, look at the library boards. Uh, They're the ones that are responsible. They're the ones that are elected. Uh, They're the ones that should be accountable. And But I also think you need to set up a new uh, way of dealing with some of these issues, and there probably ought to be an oversight committee uh, made up of parents and teacher and administrator uh, from uh, each of our schools and just, you know, so that they know what's going on. It's impossible, I think, for one librarian to know what every book has uh, in the library, but I also think there ought to be some provisions to make sure that uh, material that's uh, in the in a library, particularly in our school libraries, is is age appropriate and and uh, more advanced material needs to be kept away and segregated from uh, younger children. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming on with us. And I don't know if this will be the last time we talk or not, but uh, if it is, we sure do appreciate all the time that you've spent uh, at the State House and doing the best you can for Idaho. You bet. I thank that, and you guys do a great job. We appreciate the opportunity to visit with your listeners. Once again, Senator Chuck Winder, District 20 here in Boise, the Senate President Pro Tem. And as you heard him just say, there is at least a chance that they'll be back next week after the bills have all gone to the governor's desk. So we'll. Talk to you more about that when we know more. I, I could hear people. It sounded like one of those Kool-Aid commercials. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> KBOI News Time is 8.58. Yeah, part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 9.06 on Friday morning. Final hour of the program is here. By the way, Rick Worthington filling in for Mike Casper today, who will be back on Monday. Today is Open Phones Friday, so you can call in anytime, talk about what you want to talk about. 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI, or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. want you to hear this, though. This is the big thing. We have one last pair of tickets to go see Santana. We will give them away this hour. 
We have plenty of things to talk about until then. If there is something you want to talk about, though, feel free. Give us a buzz, and we'll try and jump into that. Okay. And let's see. We've got um, an instant message here. It is from uh, JD, who says, Okay, you guys have to watch The Expendables 1, 2, and 3. All of the action actors are packed in both movies, including Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is in that, too? Yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford was in one of those movies. I, he, might, the he, might, one? he might have been. I'm, I don't know. I haven't seen any of the He was a pilot, movies. as I recall. I haven't seen any of the movies, but I remember some of the previews that showed Harrison Ford was in that. Lisa says, hi, Chris. Is there any update on the Boise State versus Big City Coffee lawsuit? I don't believe there is an update on that yet. I don't know uh, if there's an update on that or not. I would if, expect... If, if, there, if there is, we, we haven't uh, heard about it yet. I would but. expect that they don't want that to go to court. I would think that's the kind of thing that gets settled one way or the other. I could be wrong. I don't know that for sure. President Biden is about to address U.S. troops in Poland. The president showed up in Poland about an hour ago, was hanging out with the guys in the mess hall, eating pizza. And not with a knife and fork. Not with a knife and fork. Which, no. as we found out, is somewhat political suicide. <laughs> Who was it that did that? Was eating pizza with a knife and fork. And uh, got s- several of them have done it. Smoked it's a, for it. It's about once a year. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's usually when they're in New York and somebody serves them a piece of you know New York-style pizza or Brooklyn-style. Or and they don't understand. you got to fold it? Uh, yeah. And, and they just put it down on a plate and start eating it with a knife and fork. Yeah. And usually with a big, some sort of bib. Yeah, somebody gives you a New York slice of pie and you don't fold it and slam it. You're in, yeah. It's it's funny how when you're going to important meetings uh, that are televised and wearing a business suit, you don't like to spill pizza down in front of yourself. Well, you know, there are worse things that could happen. Mm-hmm. Done it myself a time or two. I'm I've, I've like almost every meal where I'm eating. I was gonna say, I've, I've going to say, on me. I've almost never not done it. You know, there are some places where it's like you better wear a different shirt. <laughs> you're going there. <laughs> if you're going to dinner and you're going to a specific place, don't wear that shirt. Wear a different one because, or wear, a, you know, a sheet around your neck, not over your face. That's a whole different kind of dinner party. That was a joke, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm just messing with Nathaniel over here. Um, plenty of things happening in news besides uh, the president's arrival in Poland, though, if you're not at all worried about him eating pizza with the troops. Um, these fossil fuel companies, according to CNN, sent more than $15 billion in taxes to Russia since it annexed Crimea. Crimea, yeah. Crimea. Did I say it wrong? Crimea, Crimea? Crimea. Thank you. As in Crimea River. Nine European and U.S. fossil fuel companies have paid a collective $15.8 billion to Russia in various forms of taxes and fees since the country annexed Crimea from Ukraine in 2014. These groups, Global Witness, Greenpeace USA, and Oil Change International, use data from the uh, Oslo-based Rystand Energy, an independent energy research firm, to calculate how much money oil and gas companies based in North America and Europe had sent to Russia. It looked at... They looked only at companies with exploration and production operations in Russia. Data was shared amid criticisms that the West's purchase 
of Russian coal, oil, and gas, which are largely state-owned assets, have helped fund Russia's war in Ukraine. Those payments underscore how much capital Western energy companies that chose to continue operating in Russia after Crimea was annexed have transferred to the state. Shell, which is registered in the U- in the UK, sent $7.85 billion, the highest amount of the companies listed. That according to the uh, story from CNN, by the way. Two companies registered in Germany, Wintershall and Wintershall DEA, which have since merged, paid a combined $2.86 billion. And BP, the British multinational oil and gas company, paid $817 million. Uh, three groups that combined that data said that while the $15.8 billion figure was substantial, the companies identified were also responsible for tens of billions of dollars more flowing to the Russian state because of stakes they hold in Russian oil and gas companies. It's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Seems like it. Uh, Curtis has written in, he says, did the emission bill go through? Yeah, it, it, it was a Senate bill. It passed the Senate a, a few weeks ago. It passed the House last week. I don't have any word on whether it has been signed by the governor yet. But it, it did pass uh, through the legislature. I'm wondering how much will get done today if today is actually the last day of the session or if they basically said, okay, we've done everything we're going to do, but we'll get everybody back together today. It and we'll could, just, it could go either way. I mean, dot the eyes uh, cross the T's kind of thing based on uh, what Chuck Winder was saying. It, it sounds like he's got a few more goals before uh, the thing is over, but you know, you could take care of those this afternoon. Story just put out by the Idaho Capital Sun says Oregon abortion providers and advocates are preparing for an increase in demand for abortions following the passage of the abortion ban here in Idaho. As you recall, we've been telling you about this bill. Governor Bradlittle signed into law Wednesday. It bans abortions after the detection of fetal cardiac activity, usually around six weeks, which is often before women even know that they're pregnant. The law also mirrors one that passed in Texas that went into effect last September. Since then, Texas women have streamed into nearby other states seeking care, and they've even come to Oregon, that according to abortions rights groups. And now, just from Idaho, women in eastern Oregon have typically gone to Boise for abortion providers. Now they'll, of course not be doing that the nearest or the closest Oregon facility is in Bend Oregon Mm -hmm. and they're prepared for the fact that folks in Idaho can no longer have the uh, after six weeks yeah after six weeks can't do that and doctors are very aware of it as well so somebody wrote in the other day and they said that this will not uh reduce the number of abortions it will only reduce the number of legal abortions do, do you think that still happens are there still uh, are there still illegal abortions or back alley abortions i haven't heard anything about that in quite a while i'll just be honest i don't know i i don't know if that's the case here in idaho or not i fear that there could be but i don't think it's a lot but i honestly don't know 
the other thing that was written in, somebody said if you're going to close the Planned Parenthood clinics, uh, realize that they do considerably more than just provide abortions. That is very true. Uh, and well, the, the, this individual that had written in uh, indicated that uh, they believed that there would be considerably less birth control out there in the world, and as such, there would end up being more abortions. But, you know, cause and effect, I don't know. Yeah. Abortion providers in Oregon, according to the story, says, uh, providers in Oregon and across the country expect that a ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court this summer will overturn the constitutional right to an abortion established by Roe v. Wade back in 1973. And if that happens... Conservative states across the country are likely to follow Texas and Idaho in banning abortions altogether if Roe v. Wade is overturned. Mm -hmm. Now, if the Supreme Court doesn't do that, well, I think if Roe v. Wade is overturned, probably you won't even have to pass anything about abortions Mm -hmm. because it'll be, you know, the same national law. You want to call and talk about that? The number to call, 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI, or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. KBOI News Time is 916. The night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 919 on News Talk KBOI. By the way, we have uh, one more pair of Santana tickets that we'll be giving away this hour. Stand by for your chance to win today. Rich wrote in. He says, if foreign countries stop buying oil from Russia, they will start buying oil from the same places we get oil. Oil prices will skyrocket. Is that true? Uh, I don't know. Rich thinks thinks it is, apparently. I don't know that that's how that works. I'm not, I'd love to tell you I know exactly what I'm talking about in this case, but I don't. Um, I think regardless of where oil comes from, when supply is high, prices typically drop. It's still a supply and demand issue. Yeah. Uh, There was a, I don't know if you heard about this, uh, there was a man who was killed in San Diego, 48 years old. He uh, was doing some base jumping from a tall building about uh, 10.30. It was Tuesday night. And uh, either his parachute malfunctioned or he didn't have enough time to open it properly, but he hit the ground and died. Ooh. And it was even sadder because his 16-year-old daughter was there watching it happen. Oh, man. But, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know how tall high-rises are in San Diego, but it was one of the highest uh, buildings in San Diego. Man. How many how many online accounts do you think you have? How many online accounts is mm-hmm. in um, just any old if, thing? If I counted the ones that uh, I actively uh, use and the ones that uh, I have completely forgotten about over the years, um, I probably have this many. The average adult now apparently has 90 online accounts i believe that i believe that i and you know, one in, in, in order and, to do most things i mean even just read the newspaper online mm-hmm. you've got to have an account and one in four people or about 25 percent of people only have one password that they use for all of those accounts which i think we've all been told is is somewhat if not irresponsible at least risky it is risky and if you're smart 
you'll have different passwords. I the, think the hardest thing about passwords, though, is if you are not in the habit of uh, jotting them down somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, and and you don't use the same one every time, then you more than likely will forget. Like if I had just one word that I tweaked with a few different numbers or a few different symbols, or you know maybe uh, capitalized a different word, yeah, uh, I I don't think I'd remember what I did, but. If I use the exact same thing every time I can remember, on the other hand, probably so could anybody who's able to hack one of those accounts. Yeah, and that's the problem. I have a, I have a strong password that I use just mm-hmm. about every time, but it's a strong password. Yeah, I, I, I do as too. As opposed to just a one a, word and a number and a, and a character. Strong ones you know. are usually capital letters, uh, lowercase letters, numbers, and a punctuation marks. Yeah, all of the above. Use all of the above. It, it's uh, it's the answer to a particular question. There you go. There's a, there's a hint as to my password. We, we mentioned this a couple hours ago, uh, but we didn't really talk about it. Um, the Army has uh, scrapped plans to use the same physical fitness test for all soldiers, uh, which I think some people had already told us about and said that was that was fair, that there should be one physical fitness test and you either you know, make the cutter, you don't. But mm-hmm. they have chosen instead to have some reduced standards to allow women and older soldiers to pass what is apparently a pretty vigorous test. The Army first changed its, its fitness test to include deadlifts, power throws, push-ups, planks, a run, and a sprint-drag-carry event, <laughs> as well as a leg tuck that was eventually eliminated. Uh, service leaders hope that the newer test, which was the first change in more than 40 years, would uh, be better at replicating tasks that are needed in combat and would also reduce the risk of people getting injured uh, mm-hmm. during the uh, during the test. Uh, but the new fitness curriculum was quickly criticized after it became clear that uh, most women and uh, many older male soldiers and a large number of people in the National Guard and Reserve troops had difficulty passing the test. I was reading in the uh, Idaho Statesman about uh, there was an armed standoff uh, the other day, uh, it looks like Ada County Sheriff's Office had to use some of those uh, beanbag rounds. Well, yeah, apparently the the individual in question was not responding to orders from the police, so they shot him with beanbags. I'll read the story to you. It says, a standoff with an armed man who was suspected in a domestic violence complaint south of Boise ended up on Thursday afternoon, uh, or ended on Thursday afternoon, when authorities used beanbag rounds to subdue him. This according to the Ada County Sheriff's Office, uh, Patrick Orr, who is their spokesperson. Suspect was arrested on suspicion of felony domestic violence assault. Standoff occurred at a home at the intersection of West Trestlewood Street and Five Mile uh, in the unincorporated Ada County area. Deputies responding to the home at around 1045 in the morning after a report of a domestic disturbance. A second person in the home came outside and told police that the suspect was inside with a rifle and some other guns and would not want to come out to talk with law enforcement. That standoff lasted from, you know, just before 11 o'clock in the morning until 2 yesterday afternoon when the suspect agreed to come out. And uh, Orr said once he did come out, he wasn't compliant. He walked out initially, but then refused to move or listen to any commands. Our deputies then used less lethal rounds to subdue him, and then they arrested him. 
or said the suspect did not have a firearm with him when he uh, exited the home, but deputies confirmed there was a rifle in the home. Nevertheless, they used the beanbag rounds, non-lethal force subdued him, How? and now he's in jail. How you act during a police confrontation or a police stop of any kind uh, obviously has a, a large effect on, you, on your future and, and whether or not you are in big trouble or small trouble. Uh, however, it's, you know, it's, it's your uh, prerogative, I guess, to decide what to do when the police are, are uh, yelling orders at you. Well, sure. I'm just saying your life would be easier well, if, you, if you follow them or should be. Refer to a case that we talked about earlier this week. A gentleman who was walking through downtown, he was wearing tactical gear, riot helmet, body armor, and was carrying an AR, what we thought was an AR. It was right rifle anyway. Police came to talk to him, and he complied immediately oh, yeah. with exactly what they told him to do. And they talked to him and said, all right, you're good. We'll see ya." They basically rolled up and said, can you put your weapon on the ground? And he put it on the ground. Is that uh, how it worked? That's, I guess that's uh, it, that's a, a better way to stay it alive than just holding it and refusing. Yeah, well, you certainly don't want to point it at anybody. That's how you, you know, that's how things escalate quickly. Yeah. But besides, I mean, you're, you're number one. You're supposed to, for, for safety reasons, you're supposed to follow orders from the police. Uh, you might want to do it out of respect. If if you don't, that's up to you. But it's a uh, a little more safe for you. Mm-hmm. if the people who carry weapons for a living uh, are ordering you to do something, it, it's, it, you know, comply. You can always sort it out later and in court if necessary. Nathaniel, how'd you like to give away some Santana tickets? Can we do that? Let's do it right now. We'll take a break here, but uh, we'll take caller number six right now for a pair of Santana tickets. The number to call 208-336-3700. If you've been waiting for these tickets, we're giving them away right now. This is the last pair 208-336-3700. Good luck. KBY News Time is 928. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBY. Nine thirty-five on News Talk KBY. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Open phones Friday, 208-336-3700. 1-800-529-KBOY is the number you can call. Congratulations to Dan Griffin. Dan picked up our final set of tickets to go see Santana perform. That's tomorrow. Uh, Dan, make sure you come get those tickets today, though, man. Otherwise, we can't get you the tickets tomorrow. So make sure it's today. And have a good time. That's going to be a fun show, I think. Mm -hmm. Wayne has written in. He says two items. If Roe v. Wade is overturned. The legality of where abortions are provided returns to where it belongs constitutionally with the state. Washington state will still provide abortions because that is the law. Roe and Wade merely supersedes local law with a federal mandate. Also, if someone could tell us what service other than abortions does Planned Parenthood provide that cannot be secured through a health provider, uh, Planned Parenthood appointments are free, first of all, uh, and uh, second, they... uh, give out an awful lot of free birth control uh, that you would otherwise have to pay for. So that's all I can think of. I've never actually been to a Planned Parenthood building. Haven't you? No. Uh, once upon a time, I went to a Planned Parenthood uh, with my wife when she was trying to get birth control. Mm. And Planned Parenthood is an easy place to go. And uh, we were able to do that 
fairly cheaply, but it was important to us at the time. Story is just breaking. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas discharged from the hospital this morning, a week after he was admitted for what a court spokesperson described as an infection. Uh, Justice Clarence Thomas is 73 years old. He went to uh, Sibley Memorial Hospital last Friday after experiencing flu-like symptoms. Court's public information officer didn't say anything about his condition when he was released and declined to offer any more details on his stay in the hospital, which is not so different. But being that he is a Supreme Court justice, there were a lot of questions about it. Chief Justice John Roberts said on Wednesday that Thomas would read briefs and transcripts of oral arguments. All nine justices are fully vaccinated and boosted, by the way, against COVID. So that was not the issue. Court announced uh, that Thomas's hospitalization on Sunday uh, and declined repeated requests for updates on his health since then. And by the way, I'm sorry, I just misspoke because just because he's vaccinated doesn't mean he couldn't get COVID. And I know that. So do you. Clarence. Thomas's wife has been in the news the last couple of days. Uh, she is uh, a, pu- a public figure, and she is very, very adamant about overturning the 2020 election, and uh, has been. Uh, I read something about she, this. She was trying to pressure she, uh, someone. Well, not pressure someone, but I mean, she was she was writing to them and, and telling them that this could be done, and encouraging them to do it. Uh, but I, and they've got a lot of emails that she wrote. Apparently there were you know, dozens of them, but I don't know necessarily that any of that was uh, particularly against the law. I see. So it'll, that'll be for a judge to decide if they end up taking it this, this to court. I don't imagine that that is going to be the case, but we'll see. How much basketball did you watch yesterday? Uh, parts of three different games. Well, you did watch some basketball. Well, then. I saw some Gonzaga, and I saw Arizona. I caught a little bit and of the Gonzaga game. really surprised when they were trailing by quite a bit. Yeah. Big day for March Madness yesterday. Thursday night, two number one seeds dumped out of the tournament. Number one overall seed in last year's runner-up, Gonzaga, upset by number four seed, Arkansas, 74-68, before another number one seed, Arizona, eventually lost to number five seed, Houston, 72-60. to Houston, Houston is... Deceptively good. They're as good a number five as I think there was out there in the field. Mm-hmm. Typically speaking, fives do pretty good in the tournament. There's always a five that's making some noise, as well as there's usually a number 12 out there that's usually making some noise, which was I, the case this year as well. I have a bad bracket because uh, it was all based on the fact that Arizona was going to be the national champion, and when you lose in the third round, you will not be the national champion. There's also a number 15 seed, St. Peter's. St. Peter's. They've won their first two, and they'll play their third one today. Uh, With defending champion and the other top seed, Baylor, already being knocked out, the only number one left is Kansas. Arkansas's progression to the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament, their second in a row, just their third, though, since 1995. Guard Hunter Salas, center Chet Holmgren, forward Drew Timmy, had some things to say uh, following the game, of course, you can imagine. After shocking Gonzaga and advancing to the next round where they'll face Duke, Razorbacks head coach, former Nevada head coach as well, Eric Musselman told CBS, thank you everybody that said we had no chance. 
<laughs> that sounds a little. Uh, uh, oh, it was a little tongue in cheek. Well, for yeah, sure. A little I mean, bit, he yeah. meant every word of it. It's underdogs love to be told that they can't win. You know, that's pretty good motivation, really. So, yeah, I could see that. I I knew a guy who uh, he and two other guys uh, would charge or they they would challenge uh, six guys to uh, a game of basketball, three on six, and they would win almost every time. Really? And he said the underdog is is easier to play and, and it's more fun. Wow. Three on six? That's different. Bill says, so who pays for the free services at Planned Parenthood? They they get donations. They're a nonprofit. That's correct. Just in case you didn't catch the uh, scores of the other games, it was Arkansas 74 over Gonzaga 68. Villanova is the number two seed that defeated Michigan last night, 63-55. to Michigan an 11 seed. I thought a really good 11 seed, by the way. Duke. Two seed over number three, Texas Tech, 78 to 73, and it keeps Coach K going into the Elite Eight. A lot of people rooting for Duke this year because of Coach K's last run here. And then, of course, we mentioned Houston beating Arizona, 72 to 60. It sets up the final uh, round of the Sweet 16 tonight. Purdue takes on St. Peter's. St. Peter's, again, a 15 seed taking on the number three seed, Purdue. The number one seed, Kansas, takes on number four, Providence. North Carolina Tar Heels, back in the Sweet 16. They'll take on UCLA. <laughs> also back in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Seen those teams time mm-hmm. or two. And then it would be Miami and Iowa State in the final game tonight. So you have two games on Big CBS and you have two games on TBS tonight. First game tonight is at 5.10 tip-off, then at 5.30 on TBS. 7.30 is the second game on CBS, and then 8 o'clock tonight on TBS is your final one. And then there's games tomorrow, by the way, because it's the Elite Eight, and then it'll be next week before we see the final four in the championship game. Here's an interesting statistic. There are uh, just about 333 million people in the United States who share just 54 Netflix passwords. I'm sorry, what? It's not true. 333 million people in the U.S., but there are only 54 Netflix accounts. Uh-huh. Now, I I understand that because I've got like five people who use mine, but they're all listed, you know, among, among uh, qualified or qualified users. Right. So nobody's nobody's hijacking it from me. We've talked a ton of politics, so I'm avoiding it right now. I'm talking about sports more or less just because it's the thing that I haven't talked about much today. Did you know that last night the United States men's soccer team played Mexico qualifying and uh, it was a qualifying round for the World Cup and uh, it was a 0-0 draw and that's why a lot of Americans don't like soccer right there. I'll be honest, I I enjoy watching soccer, but uh, a 0-0 tie isn't going to help all of that. Plenty of scoring opportunities, but it was a sloppy, tense, and physical match, according to CBS, uh, with both teams having quality chances. Two best chances, however, were for the U.S. men's national team. 
missed uh, from eight yards out on one kick. And uh, was it a penalty kick on the other? Anyway, they had chances to win that, didn't get it done, so instead it's a 0-0 draw. Yeah. I don't have any more tickets to give away. I missed out on that. <laughs> That's too bad. We'll take a break. We'll come right back. KBOI News Time is 945. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. We are quickly coming to the end of this radio program. But it is still Open Phones Friday, which is why we're open to you at 208-336-3700. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper along with Chris Walton. And we have a caller. Dylan is in the bustling metropolis of McDermott. In Nevada. Yeah. How you doing, Dylan? Thanks for calling us. Beautiful McDermott, <laughs> uh, which I think is in Oregon. But it's right on the border. And I've I been there. This morning out of Boise. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. I've, I've, I've had to stop to. Yeah. Go for it, man. Oh, sorry, Rick. <laughs> uh, listening to my favorite radio station and got to hear them all the way up to this point. So, uh, yeah, Perfect. good job out there, you guys. Right on. Well, we appreciate it. What's on your mind today? What, what's on the mind of all those in McDermott? Oh, you know, um, <laughs> gosh, I don't know. There's so much going on here that I guess they're just too busy to even talk or look at you. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But, uh Yes, beautiful day. Hope you guys have a good one. Thank you very you much. Were, he, he were right about that, by the way. McDermott is in both Nevada and Oregon because it's not technically uh, an actual city or actual town. It's it's unincorporated, like so many places are in, in this area. Right. Chris, do you have big travel plans at all this summer? Anything you're going to do? I know that you and your wa- lovely wife went on vacation. You went to mm-hmm. Oregon, and you guys have got this sweet new ride that we, maybe you can travel around in. Uh, tentatively, we're just planning on going to the ocean again. We'll good for you, though. Possibly a different place. I mean, that's a time. that's a good idea because this she was so, supposed she, to be a huge travel year. Yeah, you she, know? she used to work down in Monterey, so we might go down there and see a few oh, of her friends. That's a great spot. Well, this was supposed to be our big comeback year for travel with easier times, uh, with COVID nineteen caseloads uh, falling dramatically. The U.S. starting to uh, open up in February and restrictions being relaxed. Those long-delayed, epic spring and summer American road trips appeared to be on the vacation horizon. Then, of course, gas prices. Mm -hmm. Gas prices hit us all. They skyrocketed, and uh, then inflation on top of it, kind of a gut punch to everybody who thought they were going to make a trip and now is having to rethink what they're doing because... Wind up the year with a lot of surplus money. Been a little disheartening, though, for, for a lot of people out there, especially for lower-income families who, well, in, in order to plan a trip out of town, you have to make every single dollar count, right? I would imagine so. Don't give up, though, on your road trip dreams because there are some things you can do to maximize your dollar and actually find you know, some good deals while you're out there on the road. Here's one thing you can do that you should consider. You're going to go on a road trip. You can use apps now to find cheapest gas available in whatever town you're going to. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if you were looking up gas in Boise 
or Meridian, it would refer you right away, Gas Buddy would at least, send you to Costco. Whether it's on Overland or uh, off a 10-mile in Meridian. If you go to Costco, you're going to get the cheapest gas in town. That, by the way, is a fact. I did look that up, I admit. Gas Buddy is one of those apps you can use. Uh, AAA Mobile. I haven't used this personally. Gas Guru. Apparently, Geico Insurance has an app that will uh, help you locate good prices that are near you. They're um, people, all, people calling quote gasbuddy.com to us all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we look at that. Gas Buddy is the one I use that said go to Costco. You're looking for the cheapest gas in town. That's where I go. There are discount cards that you can use to help get reduced prices. So, for instance, if you have a Chevron card, if you use your Chevron card at the gas station, you're going to get a small discount on the price that you pay at the pump. But if you have an Albertsons account as well, you can punch in your Albertsons or your whatever your phone number is for that account, and then you, depending on how much you've spent in groceries, you get a discount on that gas as well. So, you know, the other day I had 30 cents off per gallon on that fill up and yeah, I filled up, took advantage of that and then had a discount on top of it because I was using my Chevron gas card, got a big break at the pump. Now you can do that in a number of different ways, depending on where you're at. Uh, what's the, the dang gas day, a Maverick. If you use your Maverick card, you can get discounts. Yeah. Sometimes you can get a free a heavy, burrito or a cold drink or something. A heavy discount on what is already discounted. Yeah. Um, the lines are sure long at the Costco uh, pumps. They can be. Yeah, it depends on when you go, of course. That's generally the, the cheapest price if you're a Costco member. Right. Here's a big one that oftentimes, especially my son who is 20 years old, doesn't think about. Take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit more. Slow down. You save gas when you slow down. That's that was, an easy one. That was the reason that uh, the federal government uh, moved the national speed limit to 55 back in the mid-70s because they simply wanted to save gas since we were supposedly in an energy crisis. So there are lots of things you can do out there if you are planning a road trip, and I only mentioned it because it's... Friday of spring break and a lot of people taking off today for a shortened vacation. Yeah. Uh, The last thing I'll mention to you before we get out of here is vehicle maintenance. If you maintain your vehicle, make sure that it's got plenty of water. All the fluids are topped off. If your car's in good working order, you will use less gas. And if you don't maintain your vehicle, enjoy the new one that you have to buy. Oh yeah. Turn off the AC. That works too. Mike Casper will be back on Monday. Thank goodness. Nate Shellman will also be back later on today. Take care, guys. Have a great week.